This is Talent Everywhere for June 2017. Build Their Judgment Part 1. Break Down the Walls. Welcome to the Talent Everywhere podcast for leaders building high-performing teams in our fast-changing world. Here are your hosts, Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira. Hi, Gihan. How are you going? I'm very well, Chris. How are you going? Yes, I'm good. It's been chilly, Gihan. I've been out uh, running and with Lauren early in the mornings and it's been dark and cold. Yeah, me too, actually. I went out for a run this morning. Um, I waited till it got a little bit light, but uh, yeah, it was pretty cold. It, it was, but the sunrises have been spectacular because we've got all this smoke hanging around the city, so the, there is every cloud has a silver lining or something like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it has been it's been a nice time of the year. Um we caught up at dinner for a while. You and Shuri came around to my house, which was very nice. We had a, a very, very enjoyable dinner, so thank you very much for coming along. Thank you. It was a great evening. It was, it was. So today we're talking about leadership again and we're talking about leading distributed teams and making sure that you get the most of the talent of your uh, of everyone in your team. And I remember many, many years ago, Chris, when I was working as a um, a middle manager for a small software company, and uh, I just got into this middle management role, and I was reading every book that I could about leadership and management. This is way before the times of distributed teams becoming really common. Um, and I remember one of the stories I remember uh, reading was about the U.S. department store Nordstrom, which is famous for its customer service. And there are lots of stories about Nordstrom and customer service. But one of the things I remember reading was about the the way that they treat their employees. And the story goes that whenever somebody walks into Nordstrom on their first day of work, they get given an employee handbook. And the handbook is just a one pager and it goes like this. It says, we're glad to have you with our company. Our number one goal is to provide outstanding customer service, blah, blah, blah. There's a little bit after that. And then it says, rule number one, use your best judgment in all situations. And then there are no additional rules. And that has become famous. Uh, I've heard other speakers talk about Nordstrom and they they quote this employee policy that says, uh, use your best judgment and there are no additional rules. And I think that's really interesting. And uh, in this world now where we've got much more uh, fluid teams, distributed teams, where people, where individuals uh, are smart and talented and you want to help them use their judgment, um, that's a really good thing to, uh, that's a really good rule to follow. And uh, I see a lot of companies, even with things like social media, um, who want to let their employees loose, but they're worried because they don't have good judgment. So, so today let's talk about building judgment in your team members and this is particularly important for um, distributed teams because they're, they're not there all the time so you have to uh, you can't control them all the time you can't monitor them all the time and if you do it becomes very difficult for them to get any work done and for you to achieve your goals so if you're like any sort of successful leader what you want to do is share your wisdom and experience so that people get their own, uh, build up their own experience, which then helps them gain insights and, and wisdom. But part of that is to build their judgment, because when you build their judgment, then you can give them more power, more responsibility, more authority. And so rather than hoarding all the knowledge for, for yourself and trying to control everything, what you do is you allow other people to um, to 
first of all, have, have good judgment and then take responsibility because you want them to take initiative. You want them to solve problems. You want them to keep growing. And uh, with your with your distributed teams, particularly, you've got people with, with diverse talents and uh, tapping into that talent means that you've got to trust them more, including those people who aren't in the same office as you are. But that means that you have to build their judgment so you can trust them and they can trust themselves. Excellent. Broadly, I reckon there are three ways that you can do this. And there are three steps, uh, three broad stages, and you don't have to do them in steps one, two, and three. But if you think about them metaphorically, uh, you can imagine somebody in a like a little cubicle or a little pad, uh, partitioned off from everybody else. And in some workplaces, that's still the case. And metaphorically, you can think of your um, distributed team members, your remote team members, as also being in their little isolated place. So what are the three things that you can do to help build their judgment? Um, number one is to break down the walls. So help them understand how their role fits with the rest of the team, the rest of the organization and the outside world. The second thing you can do is raise the roof which is to expose them to higher roles so they can see the bigger picture beyond their regular work. And the last one is to open the door. So you've broken down the walls, you've given them a bigger bigger perspective view, and now give them the chance to speak up and be heard uh, both inside and outside uh, their little role, uh, the team and the organization as a whole. So the, the whole idea as we're gonna talk about building their judgment is about those three things, breaking down the walls, raising the roof and opening the door. And doing these things is not just for their benefit, obviously it's for their benefit because uh, it helps them grow, but it helps everyone. Um, their work becomes more meaningful, which means that they're gonna be more motivated. Um, and they're, uh, with, with your distributed team members, they're more likely to be committed to the organization and they can suggest ways to improve as well. And also, if you work in a large organization, uh, it's easy for people to feel distant from the, the outside world. But this helps them avoid that false sense of security because they see beyond their day-to-day -day roles. They see beyond the little tasks that they've been given. And they, can, they can see and work with real customers and clients, and they get a better feel for the business and the industry in general. Very good. That's great, Gihan. So we're going to actually do this podcast in three parts. So we'll we'll tackle each of these three areas, breaking down the walls, uh, raising the roof and opening the door in three separate podcast episodes. So today we're going to start with breaking down the walls. Yep. So break down the walls. It's the first and probably the easiest of those three steps to tackle. And what you want to do here is let people get uh, a better view of what's going on outside. You refer to this this cubicle or this, this cell that they might be working in, Gihan. So let them see what's going on around them, both um, within their team, uh, the organization that that team is part of, and also beyond the organization itself, the outside world, the customers and clients that the organization might be dealing with. And for Distributed teams, it's particularly important because these metaphorical walls that we're referring to, they're reinforced by the physical separation that comes with people working remotely from one another. And so sticking with this analogy, there are three kinds of walls that we can consider. We've got uh, interior walls, and they're the ones that are within your team, and they come about because you've got people working in separate locations and distributed across multiple time zones. So some of them might be working from home, working out of office, others might be based in the head office, and others still might be working remotely in small regional offices. So those are interior walls, walls within your distributed team. Taking a step outwards, 
Next you have exterior walls and those are the ones that surround your entire team and separate it from the organisation that the team is part of where it's working. And then going a step further out still, you can have these outer walls and they're the walls that surround the organisation and separate it from its customers, clients and the global context within which the company is operating. So what we'll do is we'll consider each of these types of wall or barrier in turn and look at ways that we can dissolve them for distributed teams. Yeah, I really like the distinction that you made, Chris, because particularly for distributed team members who are used to just working in isolation, it can be difficult for them to feel like part of the bigger organisation. So if you start with what you described as the interior walls, so uh, walls between them and the rest of the team, it's a little bit easier. It's a first step for them because they still feel like they're within the team. All you're doing is you're helping them step out of, outside their own individual role. And, and one of the simplest things you can do is to help them step into some other team members' shoes. Uh, and so this often happens in in-person teams where people get involved in job swapping or shadowing, where shadowing is where they follow somebody else around and see what they do just to get an insight into their job. Um, the next step is that, that idea of job swapping where they, with, with somebody else's help, they take on some of that role. So they do something that uh, a co-worker does. And both of those things help them understand a little bit about um, how the rest of the team works and they get a bit of insight into to how other people's jobs operate, uh, they get an insight into how their job fits in with the rest of the team and so on. So it's easier to do in an in-person team, but it's not impossible in a distributed team. And as a leader, it just means that you have to think a little bit more proactively about how you do that. So for example, where you do have some sort of remote interaction, like a telephone calls or online meetings, um, then you can have your team members listening in uh, or participating um, silently in the call. So you, know, you could have an example of a, um, you might have a salesperson on your team and uh, they're making a sales call um, and you could have somebody else eavesdropping on that call. So an engineer or developer being involved in that. So they understand what's happening at the at the sales level and they understand what the salesperson's role is. Um, you've got to kind of be careful about how you do this. Uh, so first of all, you may in certain situations um, let people know, like let the customer know that there's going to be somebody else listening in on the call. You've got to set up rules about how that works, so whether the uh, the developer or the engineer is invited to participate or not, or they just sit as a silent, uh, silent listener or observer. Um, and if you want to get more value from it, just make sure that you have the opportunity for people to um, pre-brief, to, to brief before the call and debrief after the call so they get more value from it as well. Indeed, Kihan. You don't, and you don't want the engineer or the developer saying, no way, that's impossible in the middle of a sales call. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, again, with an in-person uh, with in-person shadowing, um, that kind of happens automatically. That Those sort of problems get avoided because there is the opportunity to have a chat. Like, you know, you can go along, um, go along with the salesperson to a sales meeting and on the drive there, you're having a chat with people about how this is going to work. Um, within, with uh, distributed team members, it's, it doesn't often happen that way. So you just got to make sure that you put those things into place proactively.
Yeah. Um, and the other thing you can do is just have people share uh, what they do in their workplace. So you could have, um, as part of, say, your regular team meeting, you could have five minutes at the start of the meeting where one of their team members talks about what they do, not to share uh, and not to report back and to uh, give a status update, but just talk a little bit about how their day works. Um, it's an informal conversation so that everybody else in the team understands what they do. And this is particularly valuable for distributed team members who don't have the opportunity to just be sitting around watching what other people in the team are doing. So again, if you as a leader uh, allow that proactively, it makes it so much more effective um, for everyone in the team to understand what everybody else is doing. Indeed, indeed. And that and that's what it's about. It's about giving that visibility of what other people in their team are doing to each of the people uh, that make it up, especially those who are working remotely. And the next thing that you want to do is to give them some understanding uh, beyond uh, the work that beyond what their their teammate is doing, their team uh, mates are doing, and understanding of how the work that the team does affects the organisation that it's part of. So these are the exterior walls that we talked to, talked about earlier and we want to be able to uh, give visibility beyond those. And one of the reasons and motivations for doing this in building judgement is that it allows, it gives a way of adding some meaning to the work that your team is doing. They understand, they get an understanding of how their work affects the organisation as a whole, how it impacts on any external stakeholders, um, how it um, works towards delivering uh, a valuable service or an important product to, our, to, to people in the organisation. And, and that's particularly important when you have a distributed team because you know, they can be isolated from other parts of the team and even more so from the organisation itself. Generally, when you have a project that's going to involve external stakeholders within your organisation, uh, you'll have status updates and generally those external stakeholders will come along. So they get to see the progress that the team is making on the particular bit of work that they're doing. But it also provides the opportunity for them to give feedback on the milestones and the deliverables that you're, uh, that you're delivering, that your team is delivering. Um, and it provides that external, that valuable external perspective on how the work that your team is doing impacts upon people outside of the team. And so if you have a distributed team, then it's important to get those remote workers uh, um, present so they get to, to hear what external stakeholders have to say about the work that they're doing. Yeah, and I think this is particularly relevant and particularly important for those distributed team members who might be seen as outsiders. So people like freelancers, for example, who are generally seen as just somebody that you dole out a bit of work to, you pay them and that's it. Um, then when you need them again, you call on them again. But if you really want to engage your freelancers, make them feel more like team members and one of the easiest ways that you can do that is just show them how their work forms part of a bigger picture it's not just a tiny bit of work that they're doing yeah yeah good point Kihan um, and that's that's perhaps giving that's looking sideways to the uh, to your peers within a particular project another way of um, dissolving these exterior walls is to get people from the leadership team some of the executives or even the CEO to present to your team um, their view of the organization and where your team fits in it and how they're contributing and a really good leader will will be an excellent person for 
who knows how to motivate and um, show just how valuable the work that a team is doing uh, for the rest of the organisation. So that's another way that you can get your whole team to be inspired by someone like a CEO or, or another leader within the organisation by having them tell them the value of the work that they're delivering. Yeah, and I think the point that we're making here is that quite often leaders and senior managers do that, but they tend to do it only for the people who are in the office. They might yeah. have an all-hands meeting and everyone comes along and uh, um, hears what's going on in the organisation, but uh, all of those distributed team members, those remote workers, get overlooked. Yeah. Okay, so let's look further then. So we've talked about what you do, like swapping with other team members and getting a bigger perspective of what's happening within your team. But what about uh, getting, actually interacting with real customers? I remember reading about this really interesting research done at Harvard, Chris, uh, where they, they looked at some chefs working in a restaurant and they found that the chefs make tastier food when they can see their customers. Uh, and it's not because they felt like they were being observed, so they had to be on their uh, on their best behavior or doing their best job, because um, when it was only one way, when they could see their customers, but the customers couldn't see them, they could still make that they would still make tastier food. And so the researchers concluded that the reason was that when they could actually see uh, where their food was going to be eaten and that they could see the people who were actually going to eat them, because they had that direct connection with their customers, they did a better job. Um, and it was quite interesting. It's, it really shows that when you can see um, not just meaning behind your work, but you can see where it's going to be used, it's really valuable. Um, I had the same experience or similar experience many, many years ago working as a software developer for a small company here in Perth. You may remember, Chris, the time I was working for Comsys. Part of my job uh, towards the end of the project was to go to Hong Kong and we were responsible for installing the software system that we'd been working on for the previous three years. And uh, it was quite amazing for me and it was a real insight when I saw which bits of the system the customers really cared about. And the customer really cared about this daily report that was pr uh, printed at midnight every night so that when we turned up at work the next morning, they were poring over this report. And the report simply showed the, the number of errors errors on the optical fiber cable system um, that our client had installed. And they want to see zeros everywhere just to make sure that everything was working perfectly. Now, I was responsible for um, writing the software that created a report. And um, you know, Chris, because you're a software developer as well, you know that writing report generation software is perhaps the most boring, least interesting part of software development. Yeah. And it was at the time, even when I was doing it. Um, but it was the bit that the customers most cared about. So for me to get that insight was really valuable. So um, as much as possible, and especially for, for remote workers who don't see that, if there's some way that you can show them or expose them to real customers, it really gives them more of an insight into what their work means and how their work's eventually going to be used. So again, it may be one of those things that's easier to do in person because uh, you might be able to invite customers into your workplace and um, get your team members to talk to them, but figure out how you can do that for your distributed and remote team workers as well. Um, for example, you can invite customers to attend some of your online meetings. And in some ways, this might be easier because it means you don't have to get customers into your office. You could just tell them that there's a meeting happening in a certain time, give them a login code, uh, and they can be there for your team members to talk to. And they don't have to be there for the whole meeting. They can just be there for the bits where you think uh, it's useful for your team members to talk to real customers. Um, and then you can do the other way around as well. So if you offer things 
things like regular customer webinars that uh, are available to your customers and clients, then invite your team members to attend as well, especially your remote team members. Uh, and in that case, they can simply sit and listen and observe and they can find out what customers are saying. And again, it gives them a real insight into the, the work that they're doing and the products and services that they're delivering to the rest of the team. Very good. So, so there, Gihan, in connecting your distributed team members with your customers, and previously when we talked about connecting them with external stakeholders and, and uh, organisation leaders, that was about uh, providing motivation to your team members by making their work more meaningful, so they're motivated to do a good job. But something else that you can think of doing is highlighting something that your team can be proud of. So that's uh, that's not internal motivation so much, that's um, giving them something that they can hang their hats on or boast about to, to others. So another thing that the outer wall around your organisation separates it from is the global context in which it's operating. So for instance, you might have an organisation that is proud of being the biggest or the smallest or the fastest or, or something like that, um, that it, it prides itself in it might have a particular mission or goal that um, it uses as a touchstone to drive to drive the work that it does. Um, so these are the sorts of things that your team members they might not be working towards these particular goals or missions directly, but it's something that they can take pride in themselves. And when it comes to having a distributed team, it's important that you let them know about it. It's it's something that might be uh, obvious to people who are working in the office. It might be something that they they get by. Uh, osmosis because those messages are being reinforced with company posters and presentations that are held in-house but not necessarily something that people who are working remotely are exposed to. Yeah and I think again with your distributed or remote team members just keep in mind that this might be one of their drivers. Uh, one of the reasons they choose to work from home for example is because they care about more than their job and uh, they want their life to have meaning and they want to maybe spend more time with their family or they've got um, they want to spend time in a certain location they don't want to move because of work but equally they want their work somewhere where they can say they're proud to work there. So just highlighting these things can be very valuable for everyone, but particularly for your remote team members. Yeah, absolutely, Gihan. And so the way that you can incorporate that into the way that your distributed team works is, for example, when you're onboarding a new member of your team, you can make sure that you refer to these these missions or these um, these, these goals uh, as part of the induction process. So from the get-go, they know that uh, this is these are the kinds of things that the organisation does and is proud of and that they can hang their hats on to if they choose to. And then during your regular team meetings, um, make sure that you include your out-of-office workers uh, and then refer to these things regularly. There might be um, updates from the organisation as to the progress they're making towards the particular mission or goals that they have, achievements that they've um, that they've achieved or, or um, other plaudits that they've received. So refer to these regularly and that just gives these, these touchstones that uh, your team members can, can refer to and, and, um, and help drive pride in the, in the work that they do. Uh, and again, you can 
ask your out-of-office workers uh, for the ways that they might be using these particular touchstones as ideas for the way that they're, they're living, the way that they can, say, enhance some of these goals where they work. So, for instance, if you've got a, an organisation that's proud of its mentoring program, you might have a, a team member who's working remotely where your organisation simply doesn't have a presence. But they could, for instance, be um, running their own mentoring program that they can, um, what's the word, enhance the, the way that the organisation is mentoring by doing it where the organisation doesn't have a presence. Yeah, great. So we've, we've talked about this idea of breaking out the walls, Chris, and uh, as I said at the start, I'm really glad that we've done it in those three levels. So we've talked about the interior walls within your team, your exterior walls just outside, and then the, um, what do we call it, the ones outside, the, the outer walls, which is uh, with giving people access to outside the team. This whole breaking down the walls thing is is really important. It's the first part of these three stages of building judgment. And really what we've talked about is simply exposing your team members to what's happening outside their their individual role. We, we haven't really got to the point of asking them to do things. And, and that's right, because you don't necessarily want to give them a whole bunch of um, actions and responsibility until they understand what's going on around them. So um, that's the first step. So we really do want to um, invest invest time in breaking down the walls, especially for your remote team members, and especially if they have never had that role before, because it's quite easy for you to jump in and say, well, now we want you to take more responsibility. But if they haven't really had exposure to what's going on in the organization, um, then it's hard for them to take that initiative. And you may find that those sort of initiatives backfire because people just don't want to take take it on board. And uh, then it's tempting for leaders to say, well, we tried and nothing happened. These people actually want to sit at home and just be given tasks to do. Well, it's not necessarily true. They actually want to be involved, but they'll only do it responsibly, just like the, just like everybody else in your team. It's just, like, it's just that everybody else may have had that exposure already and your remote team members may not. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Kihan. And and these things do take time. And depending on the, the size of the organisation that your team sits in, it can take quite a while. There's a lot to learn, a lot to, to um, be exposed to. So you just have to have patience and be diligent about doing this and, and take the effort that's required, particularly when it comes to uh, the remote workers in your team. Yeah, great. So we talked about doing this in three parts. And so that's the first part of our three-part podcast series about uh, building judgment. So that's the first part, which is breaking down walls. And we'll be back next time when we talk about raising the roof. And then after that, opening the door. Great. Thanks, Gihan. It's been good as always. And if people want to find out more, then they can visit the talenteverywhere.com.au website where we have a blog and you can find more podcast episodes, including this one, and leave comments and get in touch with us. So thanks, Gihan, and bye for now. Thanks, Chris. For show notes, past episodes and more, visit talenteverywhere.com.au. And remember, great minds don't think alike.